welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 5, Episode 11, The Madonna. For this episode was December 18th, 1989. This is the last episode of 1989. Yep. We're going to be entering the 90s as of next episode. Very exciting. It was directed by Michael Caffey, and it was written by Kathleen Young. And it's terrible. <laughs> uh, it's, sorry, Mark. We don't like this one either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not... This is a holiday episode. Uh... About the theft of a wooden statue of the Virgin Mary. Right. Or the Madonna. Yeah. Um, as she's classically known as. Um, and amidst MacGyver helping the Challenger Club and a weird old homeless woman with magic powers. <laughs> <laughs> Magical homeless lady. Uh, are we ready to start? <laughs> I feel like that was a mainstay of like 80s and 90s Christmas specials was the magical homeless person. Yeah. That was even a character on Clone High. Like they, they, would, they didn't call it Christmas. It was like Snowflake Jake instead of Santa Claus. Um, but the magical homeless person in that episode was was voiced by Mandy Moore. Yeah. But um, but yeah, for some reason, magical homeless people are like a recurring theme. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a rough one. Yeah. Um, where do we start the episode? Uh, we start in a in a small little uh, church, which, with the stonework, it looks a definitely lot... the same room from the Holy Rosary. Yeah, okay, I was gonna say yeah. that stonework looks impeccably new. Yeah, this was uh, the the torture museum previously, but now they they're using it as though it's a church. But it's such a small room that there's yeah. like hardly room for any pews in here. Yeah, there's there's, there's like four rows of pews. Yeah. Um, pew pew. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Um, so uh, Father Lafferty and uh, a woman, just Mrs. Wilson, as right. she's known. And Lafferty is uh, Jackson Davies, who we had as Sam Mulligan in early retirement, the guy who was supposed to be watching the crime scene. Yeah, yeah. That he let Pete and Matt he just, just let come in, and investigate without them. But he'll come back to play um, uh, Mike Kiley, who was a detective and then a lieutenant captain oh goodness in his three appearances he gets three promotions over the course of three consecutive episodes i think they do that on purpose i think i think like i hope he gets a promotion at the end of each episode (laughs) uh so they're kind of just like tidying up it's it's obviously the holidays yeah um uh yeah they're cleaning polishing uh she's uh mrs wilson is is replacing uh the i don't know what you call those candles that you light to say, say a prayer. Yeah, I'll okay. say prayer candles. Prayer candles. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure that there's a more professional name. Um, and they're just kind of like talking in the back room, and all of a sudden they hear what sounds like squeaky wheels. And, and they make that point multiple times. Too. Yeah. I heard squeaky wheels. Um, and as they come back out, a carved wooden statue of the Virgin Mary has gone missing. Right. All the candles that were around it are still there, but the yeah. statue is gone. Uh Meanwhile, outside, Pete and MacGyver are uh, kind of loading. Like, they're at a place that has wrapped presents for them. I, yeah, I, I, I assume this is just where a present, like a drive was, a toy drive was being yeah, dropped being off held, here. Yeah. And so they're loading up this van, mm-hmm. which I think is the van that they stole from the print shop. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so they're loading up the van, and MacGyver is especially, especially grouchy. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, like, more grouchy than usual from him. Yeah. And Pete's trying to get him to liven up. And, and get into the holiday spirit. Yeah. Um, MacGyver's giving him the bah humbugs. Yeah. In an alleyway, uh, two teens come out and start hassling an old woman uh, named For Car- no apparent reason. Yeah. And, and her name is Carol. Carol. Oh. Uh, get it? Like a Christmas Carol. <laughs> uh. And she's got her shopping cart. She's a lot like the homeless woman in um, uh, the... Runners. Run, in Runners, yeah. yeah. Though not the same actress. Not I would yet. have appreciated it if it were yeah, the same yeah. actress. Because I like that actress a lot. Step off or I'll mace the face. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not mace, right? <laughs> um, uh, she's played by uh, uh, Jeanette Nolan. Yeah. Um, who, who she's, lots of credits. Lots of credits. But I knew her more around this time because she was a character in uh, the movie Cloak and Dagger along with her ex-husband at the time. Downey Coleman? Uh, no. Uh, uh, I'm blanking on his name. It's not William Forsyth. Maybe it is William Forsyth. Um, uh, but yeah, it's funny because they were playing husband and wife even though they were already divorced. At oh, the really? Time. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen Cloak and Dagger, you should see it. It's really good. Yeah, it's good it's, stuff. It's a kid's movie, but it's super violent for yeah. a kid's movie and deals with a some lot really... A death. Deals with some really dark and... Over your over kids' heads material, yeah, um, including mental illness. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, in this she's playing Carol, a homeless woman with a cart. And, and it would have, if it was the same woman from Runners, it would have made more sense that random hoodlums are harassing her because she screwed up that guy's car. Like, yeah, yeah. She's like constantly picking on the gangbanger, so it would make sense that they're fighting back against her. But here it's just like two just terrible people yeah, that are and, just harassing and, a homeless woman and they're stealing her cart yeah it's like what? but they're not actually stealing it they're just pushing it away from her like they but, probably would have just pushed it down a hill yeah but still like what what are you doing yeah uh you to take a good hard look at your life yeah so of course macgyver uh helps her out you yeah know, they chase away the kids um and the pete and macgyver both give chase she falls on her face. Yeah. And then MacGyver chases after the guys while Pete checks to make sure that she's okay. Yeah, she hurt she, her hand. Yeah, if she hadn't fallen over, then I feel like I would have been mad at MacGyver for not chasing these guys down. Yeah. But because there were only two people and one of them had to see to her and one of them had to make sure the cart didn't get taken away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then these guys got to leave. They got they got lucky. Yeah. They got lucky that they injured a whole Somebody else woman. should have stepped in though. Um, yeah, so she hurt her. She hurt the palm of her hand. Um, she, yeah, she tore it up pretty good. It looked pretty gross. Yeah. But she's uh, like, I'm fine, and they're like, Do you have somewhere to go, or can we take you to a hospital? Yeah. Uh, but they take her to the Challengers Club. Right. At first, it almost kids. sounded like, All right, I guess she's coming to my house mode. <laughs> yeah. Like for a second, and I was guy... like, Oh wait, there's another place he can drop people off. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we want to get get uh, Cynthia Wilson and Breeze. Right. That's cool that Breeze came back. Breeze is still there. They maintain the continuity of him being a member of the Challenger Club. Even yeah. though uh, uh, Collins Jr. is gone. Ray, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ray doesn't uh, hang out there anymore because now he's been replaced by, by Billy Colton. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and they're, they're, they're getting ready to put on some kind of a, a Christmas pageant. Right. And, uh, but, of course, uh, Breeze is like giving Cynthia a lot of grief. And he keeps calling her woman. Yeah. Um, and it's really like... He seemed like such a nice kid at the end of Runners. Yeah, yeah. And then he suddenly turned into a jerk again. Yeah, he's like, woman, what are you telling me? It's yeah. like, ugh. Um, 
uh, although he does get in a good rhyme again. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we were talking about that in that episode previously, like everyone, everyone's speeches seems to rhyme. Yeah, they can't help it, but speak in poetry. Uh, so uh, it was pretty funny. Like he says, I can't remember. It was like, like something about this getting in the way. Who cares about Christmas? Anyway, like, yeah. <laughs> it's just you like, just rhyme away with way. Don't tell me how to rhyme, woman. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, like, uh, but Cynthia's upset because um, they're short on they need nine thousand um, dollars, or the landlord is not going to renew their lease because he's trying right. to muscle them out. This place is always on the verge of bankruptcy, and yeah. we just spent two hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars <laughs> on a painting with a hole in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And also, you know, um, she wouldn't take the Blues Brothers' stolen money. Right. So uh, they're forced to try to find other means. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, MacGyver helps Carol with her, with her minor injury. And, uh, and on the TV, there's a broadcast about the uh, stolen Madonna. I hated this shot. Yeah. The close-up of her, like... Yeah, like, what did... Did I steal it Someone perchance? Someone Madonna? With my Look closely at my card? eyes. Let me look back and forth like I'm the dog at the end of Homer's yeah. movie. <laughs> That's how you know it's evil. <laughs> uh, but of course, MacGyver hears Father Lafferty's name, and so does Pete. And Pete goes, oh, you, you know Father Lafferty, don't you? Um, and uh, so MacGyver decides to go over there and talk to him about it. Yeah. And uh, of course, Mrs., Mrs. Wilson, who worked at the church... She doesn't seem to be a nun. She just no. seems to be a, like a cleaning lady. Yeah. Uh, she suspects the guy who carved the original statue, Vincent Pataglia. But she says this right over Lafferty saying, yeah, right before it disappeared, we heard some like squeaky wheel sounds. And yeah. then she's like, it was probably Vincent Pataglia. <laughs> like, he doesn't have wheels that I know of, but yeah. it was probably him because he's such an old codger and he doesn't like us anymore. But Dr. It's like, Space- why doesn't he like you anymore? Well, his wife died. <laughs> he but, stopped coming to the church. For Dr. Spaceman, can't, can't I replace my feet with wheels? Well, we could, Tracy. But then we'd have to register you as an auto vehicle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, love the, the Spaceman. One of my favorite Spaceman moments. And he's like, he's like, can you read this? And they're like, I'll <laughs> sign up. It's like a rejection letter from a magazine telling him that they don't accept like erotic material. Yeah. He's just like... Man, why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I heard it from a friend. <laughs> the implication is just that he can't even read, but it's, yeah. she thought he was giving him an eye test. <laughs> I love Chris Parnell so much. <laughs> my, I think maybe my favorite joke in the whole, however many six or seven series run of of uh, of Thirty Rock is when he's in the elevator covered in blood, and the, and he's like, oh. I'm sorry. Um, I, I didn't mean to uh, surprise you. I just came from a costume party, and the host's dog tried to attack me, so I stabbed Diabetes. (laughs) 
Oh, my glasses are part up. I can't even read my notes. <laughs> so, uh, so they, they, you know, they, they think that Vincent Pataglia might have taken it. So Mac and Pete decide to go over and talk to him. But he immediately just says, get out of here. I don't like the church. And I don't want you around here. And then after they leave, he pulls out a box. And yeah. And just like cradles it suspiciously. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> What's in this box is the answer to all the problems. You'll never know. But, um. That you're my hero. <laughs> but, uh, this is also the guy who played Ellard. Right. In, uh, Widowmaker. Ellard the Dullard. Aww. At the general store. He, he, he got that SOS that he the did. guy was sent. Because he's a serviceman. Um, outside, uh. Pete has a little talk with a street Santa who, right. who is just like the grungiest looking Santa. Yeah. Um, and it turns out this is Robin Mosley. Yeah. Who was the snitch in Jack in the Box. He was Earl from Endangered. He came back for the Alexander Shannon and the Holy Rose. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna still going to come back as Bozer. Wilt Bozer. Yeah. yeah. Not, not Milt. Wilt Bozer. Wilt Bozer. Milt's brother, apparently. <laughs> apparently, yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, he says that he might have information, and so Pete keeps having to put money in the donation bin. Yeah. He, as he's if like, he gets yeah, a cut. Turns out I don't have any information. Yeah, he's like, eh, I saw I saw an old lady with a cart with a squeaky cart. Um, Probably could have fit that statue in her cart. Yeah, in her squeaky cart. You know anyone with a squeaky cart? An old woman, maybe? Old woman, perhaps. So um, back at the Challengers Club... Carol is chasing off a drunk Santa, much in the Miracle on 34th Street opening. Yeah, that's such a weird moment. Yeah. I thought, like, that character would play in the episode later. It's it's just totally irrelevant. To yeah. Me. Yeah. And, well, it's an excuse to them need a Santa. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Um, uh, because, again, this is Miracle on 4th Street, 34th Street kind of joke. That's what this yeah, re- yeah. is a reference to. Um. So they ask Carol if they can look in her cart. They say, we're really sorry, but can we look in your cart? And she, she goes, if, if you're accusing me, why do you guys look so guilty? Um, they're all, <laughs> it's such a weird line. Yeah. But she also doesn't have any problem. She's like, yeah, no, I understand. It's just part of your investigation. Yeah. But if you're accusing me, why do you guys look so guilty? And mm-hmm. they just look at each other like, why do we look so guilty? End of scene. End of scene. Um, so, of course, they don't find it in the cart. Right. Because Pataglia's got it. Right. He's got it in that He's box. In He's got to have it in that mystery There's box. There's no that he way didn't. it's not in the box. Because he didn't show us what was in the box. So right. it has to be the thing that we yeah, want. Yeah, because otherwise... We would know, know for sure. We would know for sure what. <laughs> if it wasn't in the box, they would have just shown him open the box and it wouldn't have been in there. <laughs> it wouldn't. Oh, wait, no. If he had the statue, they would have shown him yeah. with the statue. So we know. But, but we it, just saw him with the box. With the box. Merry Christmas. Um... So MacGyver's feeling a little distraught, and a little girl named Violet right. comes over and gives them a present. And I don't know why I looked her up. I think because I think maybe she looked a little familiar. Yeah. But uh, I definitely didn't recognize her. Yeah. I was like, oh, I wonder who plays this girl Violet. And I was like, Catherine Isabel. I know that name for sure. Well, it's funny because I know that name also because I know someone whose name is Catherine Isabel. Oh, okay. And I was like, I was like, oh, I know that name. And then I was like. But the first part of it sounds familiar. She doesn't look familiar to me because I only saw the first of the three movies oh, that okay, she yeah, was yeah. in a row. Well, we're, of course, talking about the horror franchise Ginger Snaps. Where she plays the titular Ginger character. Mm-hmm. 
um, in the first, second, and third installments. Mm -hmm. um, she also, uh, I guess, played Margot Verger on Hannibal. I haven't watched that show. Yeah, she had like a reoccurring role. I haven't. I've only watched like the first three episodes. It's really good. Yeah. Um, the the sets and the costumes are spectacular. The stories are super dark, like yeah. too dark for TV. I can't believe that this is on broadcast kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's really good. Like, well, I'll Matt, definitely check it out. Even though, I, as I've said before, celebrated author or not, I think Hannibal is a bizarrely lazy name for your cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Hannibal the cannibal? Really? You were just like, well, so far I've decided he's a cannibal, but I don't know what to call him. <laughs> What's a name? Uh, body eater. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just take the word cannibal and change it slightly. But Annabelle. Annabelle. There you go. That's See, I wouldn't have... I different been. horror movie. Yeah. Uh... So yeah, so this is Ginger from Ginger Snaps who has like this little line and she'll have another scene later. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Breeze and some of his friends are trying to uh, move a stage. But Breeze actually comes back for a third episode. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, The Gun. Okay. But as the same character, he'll be Breeze again. And uh, yeah, so they're trying to move the stage and they knock over a whole bunch of weights into a whole bunch of little kids. Yeah, it's pretty scary. <laughs> some yeah. kids could have got hurt here. Um, and Cynthia blows her top yeah she is like yelling and screaming breeze pieces out and gets out of there cynthia's crying and she's packing up her office um mac gives the kids a quick like physics lesson on how to move it using the weights like, yeah using them as rollers uh, yeah now who is julio in this episode i have no idea because there's you, someone saying who's who <laughs> there's a character named julio in this episode and the credited actor is Alessandro Giuliani, who apparently did the voice of Gambit on X-Men Evolutions and also Kid Icarus on Captain N and the Game Master. Oh, wow. But I don't know who the Julio character he is. He must have been the only other kid at the Challenger Club. That's what I'm thinking. He's just line. the other one who was in the room with Breeze and the kids yeah. trying to move this stuff. Uh, yeah, because that Kid Icarus voice, it's way up here. Yeah. And that was really irritating. Yeah. <laughs> uh uh, yeah, so MacGyver goes to talk to, to Cynthia, and of course this is her first Christmas without Booker, right. who, who died in a horrific way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and she's tired of putting up the fight for the Challengers Club. Every day it's a new fight, and the kids are trouble, and, and she just can't handle it anymore. So Carol decides to go talk to Breeze on their behalf. Yeah. And, oof. So they just, she challenges them to a game of pool. And of course, she may. I can't remember the last time we had an episode where a character who shouldn't have won a game of pool won a game of pool against yeah, Breeze. Against Breeze. <laughs> Breeze. Oh, no, last time he was playing against Ray, actually. Uh, and, and then MacGyver played him. Yeah, MacGyver played against Ray. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. But Carol wins because she cheats. Yeah. She because cheats. Because she uses the force. Yeah. She just, uh, like. Blinks her like twinkly blink yeah. like she's Samantha from Bewitched. Of Genie. Yeah, <laughs> we both went to Nick at Night specials. <laughs> Different means of like yeah, because because uh, yeah, uh, Julie uh, not Julie Newmar who's who played Jamie here, Barbara Eden. Yeah, Barbara Eden does like the eye the, blink, head yeah. shuffle, and, and yeah, and then Bewitched uh, got the nose twinkle. Yeah, the, so like, but either way, yeah, either, <laughs> either way, way, not fair. Yeah, it's not like how MacGyver legitimately won his game against Ray. She's mm -hmm. just cheating left and right. Um, 
so of course, like you know, this is like the thing. Like she's now convinced Breeze to yeah. to turn himself around. Uh, Battaglia is now at the church where MacGyver just decides to head. Well, that's one other problem with this episode. They just decide to keep going to different places. I'm gonna go back to that church. We I'm already go- talked to everybody there, but I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back to the church. I'm gonna go see this guy. I'm gonna go back to the Challengers Club. Now I'm gonna go to the church again. Yeah. It's like th- th- you're not accomplishing anything by nothing's going back leading and- you in these directions. You're yeah. just Doing it at the behest of the script. Yeah. Uh, of course, Battaglia is there looking at the empty space for the church uh, where the Madonna stood. Right. Um, and this is where we get that the reason he rejects the church was because his wife was super devoted and she died anyway. Yeah. It's like, well, you, you know, people die. Yeah. You didn't uh, think you were going to be immortal because you came to church, right? Yeah. Um, so he's, he's super upset with the church about it. Um, so, you know, he kind of storms off on his own. Right. And then back at the Challenger Club, Breeze comes back and starts using his, gets his crew to help move the stage and Cynthia kind of thanks Carol. Did you get him back here? He's like, oh no, it's just that thing. Um, Why would you be homeless if you could cheat a pool and you could just cheat people out of their money and because she'd, like, she'd be like the, like, with the fats. Maybe that's why those guys were harassing her and taking her cart because she's a pool hall junkie. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's a hustler and they yeah. know it. Uh, she's like like those homeless people who stand on the asking for money when they're yeah. actually like independently wealthy. Yeah, she goes home to her like three story house. Uh, so that evening is the Challenger Club Christmas pageant. Because uh, uh, I mean, this is almost like the the, the things are pretty much done here. Yeah. Like with uh, with the exception of one final little reveal, this is there's nothing happening in this episode from now yeah. on because they're at the Christmas pageant. Uh, and the only drama here is that Violet, Violet is a little reticent to come out on yeah. stage. Um, I, I guess we should bring up this. There, there is a larger thing here going on about MacGyver and his mother. Right. Um, that the last is time is a total non-issue. Yeah, I mean, it has nothing to do with anything. Uh, so he was in Afghanistan when she died. Right, and and he called her on Christmas to say he wouldn't be there, and she understood. And but he said, "I knew better. I knew she didn't understand, or that she resented it." It's like you knew that. Um, like, oh well, you you couldn't be there, right? That's you're in you're another saying. country. Um, uh, so, uh, but MacGyver talks to Violet and says that uh, ice cream was always the way his mom got him to deal with a troubling situation. Yeah. Uh, and so Violet said, "Oh, okay." So. Um, Meanwhile, um, MacGyver and Lafferty ask Breeze and his crew to kind of like ask about the Madonna, ask around like if anyone's stolen yeah. it and boasting about it. check with the it. demons. <laughs> <laughs> the demons seem like the kind of gang that would have stolen a Virgin Mary statue. But they haven't stolen a Virgin Mary in months. <laughs> Someone's framing them. <laughs> uh, so Cynthia comes up onto the stage now and she sings, I'll be home for Christmas. Yeah. And this really hits MacGyver hard, and he goes into the hallway, and Lafferty uh, kind of talks to MacGyver about it. He says, I know that this song was very special to you and your mother. We've just decided right now for this one yeah. scene. Um, and Lafferty says, MacGyver, there's nothing you could have done for her. Apparently, she had a stroke. Yeah. And uh, she was really incoherent in her last days before her death. Yeah. But she did mutter something about ice cream. Yeah. And that hit MacGyver. That hits MacGyver hard. That's like the most hard-hitting moment of this entire episode. Yeah. Um, 
And it doesn't really mean anything because it just means like, well, that's what she said when there was a stressful situation. Yeah. Uh, so like, was she stressed about dying? Was she stressed about MacGyver not being there? I don't, that doesn't help me with anything. Yeah. But still it affects makes MacGyver. makes me a little hungry. Well, ice cream doesn't really make, satisfy my hunger. No? This satisfies You're not this. eating enough. <laughs> Clearly. You need to up your ice cream intake, says Dr. Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> those, those are rookie numbers. I need you to get those numbers up. This should be a gallon a day. You know, you're supposed to drink eight glasses of ice cream a day. <laughs> you guys said I'm supposed to drink eight glasses of gravy a day. Water, Homer. <laughs> um. So MacGyver, come back. Come. <laughs> MacGyver, come back. <laughs> Comes back with Lafferty for the ending of the song. And meanwhile, Carol has made her exit with right. her squeaky cart. Squeak, wait. The cart squeaks. The cart squeaks. Oh Weird squeakiness when the, the Madonna was gone. You know what else squeaks? Brand new wagons. <laughs> <laughs> but not before Pete comes in dressed as Santa Claus. Right. Uh, what are the chances? And, and guess what they find in the back room? A big pile of money. <laughs> oh, yeah. It turns out that exactly as much money as they needed was in a tiny little satchel. Because mm-hmm. they raised money with the pageant, but it wasn't enough. They were still short by X dollars, and that's exactly how much money was left for them. What a Christmas miracle. Did, do you think Carol made the money appear with her magic? Yeah. She I think just, it was a magic bag. Mm-hmm. Um. She could give them a little bit extra, yeah, like one penny more. Like, please, you know, th- this is only covers. I'm going to us- give you what you need to get through the year. Yeah, the '90s is on you guys. <laughs> I can't do everything. Yeah, I'm only the maybe the. Why don't you review? ask Santa Claus over there yeah. who just spent two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars on a Nazi painting, <laughs> funding a Nazi campaign to take over America. <laughs> Mr. Moneybags over there. Mr. Moneybags throwing hundreds of thousand dollars at, at, at the, the Fuhrer. <laughs> uh, so, the last act of the episode. My goodness. <laughs> That's the We're real We're back in the torture museum slash church. Uh, MacGyver and Pete. Uh, Went were, back again. Yeah, they, well, they weren't able to find the Madonna. They yeah. just wanted to confirm. They've, how many days have they spent looking for a wooden statue that was worth negligible money? Yeah, that was stolen from a church. They got news coverage. Yeah, uh, but they haven't been able to find it. And Vincent Pataglia shows up with his box, <gasps> and you know he's it. Finally, going to return that statue. He's going to he return that statue. Evil old man. No, inside instead he's got a creepy baby carving. <laughs> That's so small compared to the box that it's in. Yeah, it's. He could have fit it in a shoebox. <laughs> but but it wouldn't have been suspicious. Yeah. If it was in a shoebox. Right. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, Good on your writers. <laughs> or just like a weirdly large baby. Like. <laughs> yeah. I forgot how big the original statue was. I, I, I didn't have it to decide to compare it to. Um, and uh, so while they're while they're kind of talking. Uh, a boy shows up with a squeaky cart. Yeah, well, first Bataglia says, I carved this little baby Jesus to go with the statue, but mm-hmm. the statue's gone. So yeah. here's the baby Jesus just kind of lay it here on the... Yeah, lay it here on, on the... the... On the shelf where the candles were, and I guess people will just 
understand. <laughs> we'll, we'll know it's the Even though cases. I clearly carved the Madonna statue with her arms out like she was holding something right. and they were empty. So a little boy shows up with a squeaky wagon, very similar to the squeaky noise and that we how, heard earlier. And how many times has Casey shown up so far in this episode? Zero. Zero times. Zero times. Just <laughs> showing up at the end with a wagon. And we're supposed to know who he is because he goes, Casey, you have the Madonna in your you wagon? You stole it? You stole it? You eight-year-old child, you stole the Madonna? And he goes, no, really. I, I told the Madonna that if I... I told a wooden statue at my church that if that I... It, <laughs> This makes no sense. If I got a wagon, I for would Christmas. take... On Christmas, I would take her for a ride. But when I got the wagon this morning, she was already on it. Oh, so your dad stole the statue. Yeah. Because why would it be in the wagon already? Yeah. Who, who put it in the wagon? Who? What do you know, Casey? This isn't a miracle. This is, this is nonsense. The statue just disappeared and then appeared in your wagon. Nobody took it. Nobody returned it out of the goodness of their heart with mm -hmm. Christmas spirit. It just vanished from the church because it wanted to ride in your wagon. Yeah. And when you unwrapped it, your parents were like, oh, crap. Where did that come from? Congratulations, Casey. You're going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Also, this kid is too old to be asking for a wagon for Christmas. Well, this isn't the 50s. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is the... This is the 80s. I am this kid's age. I was not. I never asked for a wagon for Christmas. Yeah, in 89, man, all I ever wanted was more Nintendo games. And if I had a wagon, I wouldn't use it to take my church action figures for rides. <laughs> action force, Jesus. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. This kid, by the way, Casey, is uh, Cody Lucas Wilby, who played Stig on Are You Afraid of the Dark? Huh. Um, but he has no place in this episode, and it yeah. makes no sense. The guy should have been bringing it back. Bataglia? Yeah. Have Bataglia bring the statue back. Mm -hmm. Have us think that he's a red herring the whole time, and then have him bring the statue back out of the goodness of his heart because yeah. it's Christmas. Mm -hmm. There's no reason for the statue to have just disappeared, literally disappeared like magic disappeared, yeah. and then showed up in a wagon. Why did she appear as a homeless woman? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he, uh, anyway, people listening, the big twist is when the Madonna statue is returned, the hand is broken in the same spot where Carol hurt right. her hand. Uh, and Pete and MacGyver do that, huh? Look at each other uh, like, wait a minute. Is there a chance here? Is there a chance? This eight-year-old kid broke the statue <laughs> that he stole. That by cramming it that into his wagon. That he returned on Christmas because his parents demanded he do it. Yeah, because he stole it. <laughs> right, because he did steal it. Because he blackmailed the Virgin Mary for a wagon. Right. Uh, yep. So the implication is that Carol was, in fact, the, the Virgin Madonna. Mary, reincarnated as a homeless woman to do something for the Challenger Club, I guess. I don't understand. And for MacGyver to make him like Christmas again. But yep. what did she have to do with his Christmas, with MacGyver's Christmas? Uh, because he... Led Father Lafferty to him, and he told her about his mother. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah, that, I think anytime you introduce just blatant magic into a Christmas episode, you're you're failing as a writer. Yeah, it's. If you can't make it ambiguous, then mm -hmm. you messed up. Yeah, and these people messed up. So, don't watch this one. <laughs> 
But thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Suckers. <laughs> but uh, this was a bad episode, and yeah. you should feel bad. Uh, yeah, it's... If I, you like it, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mark. I know this is another one that you like, and you made the point on the uh, MacGyver Project comments that it's a very polarizing episode. Yeah. That people like it or they don't like it, and we really didn't like it. Yeah. It, it, you know, just not have the magic in it, and mediocre at best. Why can't she win a game of pool? Why can't them? she just win? Why, Why do you she... have to show her perform magic? Yeah. Because um, if this episode is just about the Christmas spirit and what's going on during the holidays where there's no real plot, that's okay. That's okay. Because that, that happens all the time on TV. Yeah. And I would have just looked at it as like a mediocre, passable episode of MacGyver, whatever, and moved on. But the fact that you introduce that there's magical powers now in the MacGyver universe, presumably, Mary, Jesus, or God can just appear at any moment. And, and just hand over mir- money to the Challenger Club. Yeah, and perform miracles. That's a big leap. I know it's a Christmas episode, and you, you get maybe a, some leeway with that, but I disagree. Um, also, just as far as the story, there's no story to the episode. MacGyver has a hard time at Christmas because his mom died a yeah. long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, you, and you know what else was Christmas episode? Phoenix Under Siege. Yeah. Awesome episode. It's a great episode. It was also a precursor to Die Hard, another great Christmas episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I had problems with it. Not my favorite. It, yeah, it happened. I think that's all we got for this one. Yeah. Um, if you guys have any thoughts you want to share, feel free to find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. Uh, you can find us on at facebook.com slash phoenix foundation podcast or our website phoenix foundation podcast.com and if you're digging the show feel free to review us on itunes uh tune in next week we're going to be covering season five episode 12 serenity Woo! going to the wild west i thought this was outer space (laughs) uh tune in next week to find out yeah thank you for listening thanks